Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3am. I'm your host, Nikki Mandiola. Tis the season for the jolliest mama of all mamas. Now, I know we try to focus on more sinister ladies with this show, but it is Christmas after all, and this lady knows how to bring on the Yuletide cheer. Personally, I know very little about Santa's wife, and the fact that the only characteristic of her life I know for sure is that she married an overly jolly present-slinging man is not acceptable. So, this week, we dive into her origin story and find out that it takes a whole lot more than a cup of cocoa and goodwill towards men to keep Saint Nick delivering the goods every Christmas Eve. Without further ado, let's get down to the business. This week's topic is... Mrs. Claus. Known as Mother Christmas in the United Kingdom, Mrs. Claus has also been noted to have several other names, such as Mary, Jessica, Annalena, Rebecca, Layla, Helga, and Martha. She, as I pointed out in the beginning, is the wife of Saint Nick and has been described in a number of ways. Most distinctly, Mrs. Claus is normally of a heavier build, with hair the color of snow. This hair has often been referred to as red in her youth, as that is the color that most commonly becomes white with age. Mrs. Claus is also known to wear a fur dress of either red or green, and a plaid mixture of the two holiday colors has even come into play. Now, most of us probably imagine this lady as a kindly figure, almost always cheerful and helpful, but that wasn't always the case. In her early representations, Mrs. Claus was used as a foil for Santa's tireless cheer. With a blunt, take-charge attitude, she got things done and assisted with taking names of children who were naughty or nice. She also never shied away from expressing her opinion, but we'll get to an example of that soon enough. Over the years, however, her persona altered to present a more pleasant helper for Santa. To get to the true root of her story, let's start from the beginning. Mrs. Claus was first mentioned in 1849 with a short story titled A Christmas Legend by author James Reese, a Philadelphia-based Christian missionary. In this tale, an old man and woman, carrying heavy bundles on their backs, arrived at a home on Christmas Eve looking for shelter. The tired travelers spent the night, and by morning they were gone, leaving ample gifts for the children of the home in their place. With this, it is revealed that the travelers were not Santa Claus and his wife, but the family's long-lost eldest daughter and her husband in disguise. Next mention of Mother Christmas was in an 1851 Yale Literary Magazine article in which jolly old Saint Nick visits a Christmas party unannounced. It is this story that states Santa's best work could not have been done successfully without the help from Mrs. Claus. Now, in my personal favorite introduction of Mrs. Claus, and perhaps one that is more appropriate for this show, she made an appearance in a Christmas musical held in Utica, New York. 
held at the State Lunatic Asylum in 1854, her character appeared with a baby in her arms while she danced to a holiday tune. Next, Mrs. Claus was found in a comic novel called The Metropolitis by Robert St. Clair in 1864. Here she appeared in a woman's dream and was described as wearing Hessen high boots, an old large straw bonnet, oh, and you know, about a dozen short red petticoats. All I can think of is, that must have been comfortable. Anyway, her follow-up appearance was in 1878 in a children's book entitled Lil in Santa Claus Land and Other Stories by Alice Town, Sophie May, and Ella Farman. In the tale, a little girl named Lil imagines visiting Santa's office and while there, notes a woman sitting by a golden desk writing in a large book. It seems that once Santa presses his ear to a large speaking tube, he then would turn to this lady and reveal if a child had been naughty or nice. Another mention of Mrs. Claus, and the one I find pretty fascinating, takes shape as an article in Good Housekeeping magazine in 1887. Written by architect E.C. Gardner, Mrs. Claus appears to him in a dream, complaining about the state of modern kitchens. Mother Christmas apparently found them to be hazardous and proceeded to instruct the writer on the ideal kitchen layout, the plan of which just so happens to be included with the article. This little bit of holiday marketing tickled me so, especially because Mrs. Claus would often shush her architect listener in order to have her demands heard. Lastly, and perhaps the most famous early mention of Mrs. Claus, is in a poem by Catherine Lee Bates entitled Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride in 1889. In this poem, Mrs. Claus insisted she come along with Santa on Christmas Eve, tending to the reindeer while her husband jumped in and out of chimneys, she became bored. Mrs. Claus asked to have her own hand at the gift-delivering fun, and her wish was granted. In fact, she even managed to sew up a tattered stocking while she was at it, before filling it with gifts. At the end, she admitted she was the gladdest of the glad, fully content with her work. Of course, over the years we've had multiple depictions of this often feisty, ever-kind lady, which ensures she'll forever remain a staple female figure during the Christmas season. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover, or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas. <laughs>